0: Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses cut to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Hey everybody, welcome to the Down to Business Podcast. Hope you're doing great today. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're doing that at, uh, we appreciate you so much for listening, or we're now on TikTok, and TikTok is uh, a world of its own, but, Dad, do you know what TikTok is? hmm How do you describe it? Something teenagers play with. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. So, everybody, this is uh, my father, Ben Kirby, and so, Dad, thanks for, for being on the show today. You're welcome. Um, we're going to be talking about something interesting you did, and that is owned a business for 36 years, All Right. and you recently had it acquired- Right. And so we're just gonna chat. Uh you have a beautiful insight for how to do business well, employee issues, employee good things. It's not always issues, hopefully. In today's no, job no, market. There are plenty in, of good things. In today's job market, it's kinda it's harder. But um yeah, I think I don't know if there's anyone better to to hear information from than you. So kinda start, Dad. Tell us a little bit, okay? Um, would you like to hear about the formation i want to hear 1984 okay june 4th how did that that was the come first your day brain.
1: june 4th 1984 is the first day for imports plus
0: which was what what kind uh, of business? automotive did you start? service um car we, repair automotive service right
1: yeah at the time imports plus the reason we chose that name was that really indicated what i wanted to work on i was really only wanting to work on imports and Volkswagens, but i could foresee a time where they want to that to be the
0: only thing. All right. So that's where the plus so came. So the plus came yeah. there. Um You started fixing cars or messing with them at twelve years old. How old?
1: 14, fourteen. I was doing bikes at twelve probably, but yeah, I mean, you know, I was always tinkering with something. Mm. And um, but in earnest, when I turned fourteen, um, our next door neighbor was moving and had a Volkswagen jumped in the yard, gave it to me, and I started working on that. By the time I was fifteen and able to drive, I had that car running.
0: Um, and didn't isn't the, the truth that you read a book And that like helped you learn how to fix it oh yeah, there's,
1: there's a wonderful Volkswagen <laughs> book by John Muir And it's step by step And it helped us do it Now Volkswagen is not the hardest cars in the world to work on either
0: um, You would have been the best at YouTube
1: Like I if could you were have. 15
0: and you had YouTube well, You would have learned everything We didn't
1: have that stuff I know, that's what so, I'm saying um, And so we went in business I, What I did was I I, I worked for a service station back when they were full service Mm -hmm. I was a mechanic and a tow truck driver um, from about 1977 until 1984 okay and then the end of the full
0: service service station was clearly coming just remind people we have a lot of young listeners full service service station which is a mouthful by the way yeah um
1: they pump your gas. They pump
0: your gas. They wipe your windshield. They check the air the in the, the tires. Check the
1: oil. Exactly. Man, so you used I to, wish we had that still. You Used to get that every time you went and filled up. Yeah. Um. You didn't even have to fill up, but, and so, um, we um, I did that those seven years. At the same time, I went to Middles Tech and took some engineering courses. I thought I might want to be an engineer, but I realized quickly behind the desk was not for me. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, in 1984, about early January or something, I got serious about looking for a place to have a garage
0: of my own. Search- what made you? What made you decide not to work for somebody else and want to do it yourself? Because that's like the entrepreneur question. It was question.
1: A, it was an opportunity. So, believe it or not, Irmo wasn't all that hot.
0: Irmo is what city we live in.
1: It's a tiny little town, yeah. railroad town. Um, didn't have car repair facility particularly. Certainly nothing for the import group. Now there were some downtown and so So saw the opportunity. I saw cost. an opportunity. Got it. And then I saw a location with okay. that closed there was a closed convenience store down the road. Mm-hmm. Had a pretty nice piece of property. And so um made all that happen by buying and selling cars um in eighty two, three you and, save some money by flipping cars, basically flipping Volkswagen. Okay, and um, got enough money to put the down payment down and get a lease. And then my father loaned me ten thousand bucks, and that bought a building, believe it or not, back in those days, a three bay <laughs> building with
0: electricity. Sucker put, would cost 125, $150,000 k today.
1: And so we um, did that, and then um, you know threw the shingle out. And opened up and the, the beauty of it was Was it just you? Me and a helper. You and a helper. The beauty of it was was I had been on, above board with my former boss that owned that service station. Um and again, the era of full service service station was coming to an end. And so the first job I ever got, he sent me. Oh wow. Yeah. So the first repair job I didn't know that. was sent to me by my previous boss. Wow. And then it just grew from there. They had a big towing business. And so if they thought I could handle it, you know, and it was towed in, they might tow it into me. And so we had business right away. It, it wasn't hard to get business. Um, the other thing is I picked that specialty niche at a perfect time. The Japanese imports have been around since the early 70s. They were about 12 or 14 years old. Um They weren't so foreign anymore. Mm -hmm. People were, uh, you know.
0: Getting used to them.
1: They were getting used to them, and it looked like particularly Toyota and Nissan, they were taking hold. They were Mm going to stay. Um, And so those were excellent opportunities for me.
0: Um, Struck while the iron was hot a little bit. I did. Yeah.
1: uh, We did not move straight into the harder to work on German cars like Mercedes and Audi and BMW. For a long time, we kept it simple. Um, VW's Japanese cars and any light American. Okay. That I thought I could do.
0: So how long did you kind of you started your business? It was steady from it pretty, was steady. pretty pretty early. And then I met your mother. And then you met mom. And then I met your what mother. What changed there?
1: In '86.
0: Uh, okay, two years later.
1: And at that time, I had an office person. It was my roommate. He was clearly not a car guy. He could run an office. He was Sore he of. was better at running a retail <laughs> store. And so. When your mom and I realized we were serious and I had proposed to her, she came to work for us. Okay. And she put in the first real office, filing cabinets, methods for doing everything, Mm -hmm. repeat, you know, us procedures
0: procedures, and procedures. Exactly.
1: That that I make the mechanic that's running the business doesn't do me. You got of that papers stuff. everywhere and Papers Greece. everywhere, exactly. And so she was very good, yeah. and she's also very good with people, as she, you know. As I you know, know she's and, so um, good at people. So we put that together, and um, I mean, I, the, the the year she came on, our business doubled. Wow. Um, then we got married in '87, and it doubled the next year, and it doubled the next year, and then. Um, it, it went along like that for a while. Then you were born in '92. Mm-hmm. Now she took some time off after that, mm-hmm. but by that time, your grandmother worked for
0: us, and we had more people. So, are um, you still in the first original no, building? No, I was able to build. Talk a about building. the transition. Okay, you know, so and what and, and what made you business wise decide to move from your original location to where you were for the last thirty years? Okay,
1: whatever. so the rented location, the one I started in, the um. <laughs>
0: how'd you know it was time to move on? I mean, that's well, like a lot of people listening, right? I turned out that's the hardest thing is like, when do I leave? When okay. do I invest? I know
1: exactly when they, they do that. So I was leasing from a company. Okay. All uh, right. that used to own a convenience store business. Mm-hmm. Um, they had gotten a property down the street and built a much larger convenience store. Okay. So they had in my lease, there was this much money. X, Y, Z could not be anything thing but a garage mm-hmm. could not be a convenience store well i didn't realize it at the time but they were subleasing it okay uh. so there's a local owner mr Derek. all right so about year three mr Derek comes around and says you know i finally found my lease on this thing and this thing can't be anything but a convenience store it's in my lease i said well that's exactly opposite of my lease mr Derek." he said well no harm he said we just got to get this thing broken and uh talk to you personally so he did he, he, he did some legal work. He got the lease with that company broken, um, and that was just to get his property back. And then he made me an offer. Now, it was more money, mm-hmm. okay? But um, I absorbed that um, because it wasn't time to move yet. But then by the time I started looking at the improvements to that property, I also had it appraised. So in case I wanted to buy that because mm-hmm. he offered that. And I had it appraised. And then by the time I looked at the appraised value, the improvement, the likelihood of the road being widened, mm-hmm. and losing
0: some property,
1: I decided cost, to look elsewhere. Cost
0: analysis made you decide. I did. Yeah. And so I, I, I looked around. And um, and for people listening that don't know, the place you ended up moving down was a mile away. Nine-tenths. Yeah. Nine-tenths nine a mile. mile. Yeah. I can't believe you know that, nine-tenths. Uh, and then number two, it's, it ended up being – you didn't know at the time. I mean, the property value is insane. Now, Ermo's much yeah, more grown up. and it's But I could have done that at either property. Highly desi- I know, but it's a highly desired yeah, area. You I could, could have, but could you could have moved that. to a bad place is what I'm saying. I could you have. You didn't know. You but you know? either
1: of the two places I had no, they, shot up. Yeah, they are. Um, and so, cost analysis was a thing. So, Mr. Derek came to me and said the rent's going to have to be ABC. About twice what I was paying. Well... No harm. I mean, that's nothing against him. Yeah. Um, And so we started looking at what it would take. I got shot down two or three times because this area was still very rural, and I had to have commercial zoning. And so I got shot down on Part A. I got shot down on Part B. But then another business who had two acres bought and only using one mm-hmm. called me. Mm-hmm. And they said, would you consider buying this acre? It was pretty low, swampy, but we looked at it. My father was in the building business, and so we looked at it, we decided we could use it, so we did buy that. And I bought one acre,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we built a 5,000 square foot building, mm-hmm. and it took everything we had. I mean,
0: everything. Every dime, yeah.
1: Every penny, and then credit card money. And
0: you had, I was born, right? Nope. I was before this me? is 89. So what, okay, let's talk about that for one second. Uh, what? How'd that feel? I mean, going all in on it. It wasn't scary because it was just me and your mom. At least to me, it wasn't scary. <laughs> How's it not scary? What if you didn't work? What was the What was the idea? Well, we like, we had as a piece of property. I mean, I had a piece of property in a building. Yeah, but how are you going to eat if it didn't work? You said you went all in on it. Well, you remember your mindset when y'all were talking about it. Like, there had to be a conversation one night. You and mom were like, "Hey, if this doesn't work." Or did, I don't think did you we just ever have that, that mindset? We had plenty of business. You just never had that mindset. No, you just knew it was going to work. We
1: had plenty of business and customers were asking us to get
0: bigger. Yeah, you had the confidence. Yeah. You so had the, and you had the proof of sales. I had five
1: year track record. This is five years after the yeah. in, initialization, and that's another thing I was going to mention is you startups, uh, you're going to have to do a time where you lease or. Uh, make shift your place and you got to make shift your building, make shift your equipment. Mm. And you're going to to do that four or five years before a bank sits down and talks to you based on what you're earning then.
0: Right.
1: Banks not going to talk to a self employed person
0: six months in. Right,
1: they just—I mean—and
0: it's not smart to spend X amount on equipment when it's a depreciating asset in an early venture in your business. You need to do that things. Is that is, unless you-
1: it's a like some of these people are going to be buying franchises. Okay. Okay. Now, the people that do that, they're going to be provided with equipment, provided yeah, yeah. with, edu- and then they're going to be extracted a payment. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different than what I'm talking about. Okay. I didn't have to pay anybody, um, but we mentioned the money that my father loaned me. Um, the one piece of equipment we bought was a brake lathe, which in the time was very needed. And so um, we had enough basis. And then the trick is to stay in your lane. Okay. Don't go outside of your lane. In other words. In
0: terms of your your service offerings? Service offerings, Be right. Be super laser focused?
1: And very smart. Um, you have to be laser, laser focused and really good at what you're doing.
0: Okay, and then... Do you see that as a thing? A lot of people, don't want me to interrupt you, Dad, but do you see that as a thing? You've you've been around, I mean, so to give a little context, you're pretty well-known in our community now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've, I've lived in the well community known. 51 years. Right. right, and you know a lot of business owners. Is the ones you see that have floundered, this is a kind of a warning to our listeners, are they the ones that every opportunity is a good idea? And like you said, they're not laser-focused, they're not... Like, everything is a great idea, and then they get off track, and the next thing you know, they crash? Is that what you see Actually, lot? the
1: ones that crash are the ones that just don't go to work. They they open a business, they hire a few people, uh, yeah. and they
0: don't go to work. And they think it's just going to be a moneymaker maker.
1: Moneymaker. And there are very few things that that can be done. If, if that was that easy, everybody would do it.
0: Especially in service and trades, right? Especially, Especially
1: in service and trade. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I well, I'm always made sure to go to work. It was over three years before I had one vacation. Jeez, um, not healthy by the way, and um, <laughs> it was my honeymoon.
0: You went on a honeymoon late or oh, wait, no,
1: I went in '87. Oh, oh, I see, opened in '84, took the first vacation mm-hmm. slash honeymoon in '87. Wow. And so, um, anyway, in '89, mm-hmm. that opportunity with that other property presented itself. Mm-hmm. And so we took it and built a building and opened in October of '89 at our new location. And um, by that time, we had two or three employees, other than your mother and I. Okay.
0: You um, remember your first? Who's your uh,
1: now? Mom helped design
0: that building a lot. I know. So who was your first employee, not the helper? You remember who it was? John Wiggins. There you go. Isn't that cool? That you remember yep. his name?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So you never forget that. Anyway, yep. so you move into this new building, right? Yep. How did it transform your business? How that property? How did the uh, you know? Well, it had much... a
1: lot going for it. Um, the makeshift buildings we had built at the previous location were not high, tall, mm-hmm. couldn't accept automotive lifts, ah. so we were jacking up cars and working underneath them. Gosh, on like
0: rollouts, huh? Yeah, but we were young, <clears> twenty <throat> something. I remember those. I don't. They don't really make like no one really uses those anymore. No, almost not. Like, these rollouts were like. Like, I'm looking at Chris. Do you the remember rollouts, Chris? Yeah, they were like almost like uh, skateboards. Skateboards. Yeah, mm-hmm. like bed skateboards. Like human sized skateboards. Yeah. And um, sliding on their cars it was crazy. Yeah, jacked the
1: car up, put it on stand. You seeing those it. in your
0: shop when I was a little um, kid.
1: And so, yeah, so the thing that the new shop provided mm-hmm. was great headroom. It also provided something. Um, your mom designed a lot of features in it where one person could cover the office and at the same time work with the mechanics, the hand and out work. Hey
0: everybody, we wanted to take a second to thank today's show sponsor, Jobber. If you guys haven't used Jobber, it is a leading CRM for your home service-based business. If you're looking to help with scheduling, invoicing, routing, Jobber is the way to go. So you're organized, efficient, and in charge of everything you're doing. If you want a discount, look in our show notes today. You get 20% off your first six months. And again, thank you, Jobber, for being a show sponsor and the company we trust at Trifecta Landscaping now for five years. One thing, one thing, so one thing you're saying is that when if you're going to put resources into a new facility for people listening, you need to think strategically. I mean, this seems obvious, but I don't feel like some people think about it like strategically as much. You were thinking about how to design it effectively as possible to expand your business and not just meet your current needs. Right. Now, I don't
1: remember what year it was. 89, no computers. Right. Or so the very earliest. On paper, yeah. The very earliest of computers, PCs. We didn't get them to 93, Okay.
0: People are listening like, right now who are like 22 years old. We're talking <laughs> a different language after that.
1: We didn't get – we wrote so everything far. by hand. Yeah. And all your bookkeeping was by hand except the accounting office. They yeah. were on computer. Yeah. and um, amazing. And so we designed, though, a computer nook for taking in customers. Mm-hmm. Turned out to work great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um we opened, and then not long after we opened – down at that location we scored a really good young mechanic named randy nussler remember him randy worked there 15 years Mm -hmm. and um eventually took a teaching job now he's a trainer for audi america he works out in the pacific northwest pretty cool and
0: trains audi mechanics it's got to feel good to be a part of (laughs) his journey
1: right and all the time you know you hire a new person you find something they're strong at he was strong at subarus so we started working a lot more subarus Mm -hmm. okay
0: Okay, wait. Don't let's not blow past that. That's a great point. You just said, tell me, tell me if I didn't hear this right. You find the person they're really good, and you, you start doing what they're good at.
1: Right. So, in my that's opinion, that's what you just said, right? In my opinion, in a service trade, particularly, okay, okay, you can't hate the work because you'll never be good at it. Hmm. Okay. So you find something that you love, and then you're good at it. And work doesn't seem too much like work. Obviously, as you get older, your body starts aching and stuff, and it starts seeming like work. But if you can find a service trade that you're good at. So I hired this young man from the Subaru dealer and brought him in. He was good at Subaru, and that Subaru dealer also had to have a Nissan size. So he was pretty good at Nissans. And, um,
0: so you start Cost, pushing what, for those. it was
1: those, 22 or something? Yeah, maybe? you start
0: pushing for those customers then, right? Then
1: you start looking for those customers. Makes right? Because your regular customer walks in and says, oh, wow, thanks. That's good. Do you work, fix other kind of cars? Mm-hmm. We do. Um. So then you just, you know, rock along. You're growing your business. You. Uh,
0: do you remember your first big challenge, Dad? So, like, so let's get into, like, maybe some yeah. specific stories and questions. Do you remember... So, everything's going good because, I mean, just to give people a little bit of an understanding, you end up selling your business. Has it been three years or two now? Two years. Two years ago for seven figures, right? Yep. And amazing. Um, but, obviously, the the road to that is super bumpy and challenges. It's extremely What was bumpy. the first big one? What was the one where you were like, I know I've had this. I'm not going to say I'm not going to make it through this, but... You're like, man, is this worth it, or this is going to hurt us really bad? You remember that first story? Um,
1: employee theft. We had a girl in the office before your mother. Mm-hmm. Wait, up so eighty five. Okay. okay, we had a girl in the office, and she was in charge of doing, you know, deposits, whatnot, and she was stealing. Mm. Um, here's the beauty and a little trick for you guys. If you can go with a small bank, do it. <laughs> um, small bank's great advice. A, small bank, great advice. a small bank can call you and can see you one-on-one and see you at the window, and they know you. And for instance, my banker called me and said, I think you better check your checkbook. That's all she could say. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to check your checkbook. Um, we have some deposits missing or something. She was just trying to be vague. She couldn't blame anybody. Yeah. But I started looking and it turned out that person had stolen what was a large sum of money at the time, fifteen hundred bucks. Which um, would be
0: about ten thousand dollars. Today probably. Yeah. It was
1: an entire engine replacement. Right. Um she stole that and uh She, she know, arrested? Yeah.
0: Jail? Yeah, I think wow. so.
1: And so because it wasn't the first time. Right. Okay. It turned out to be a pattern. I see. And so that was a that was a huge thing. Um, she had fallen in with the wrong crowd, and she was in a problem. Okay, so, so
0: you got past that. Got I, past that. What, so what What about in your new building when you have, like, a, a vivacious well, really company? Well, really, my, my
1: biggest pro- challenge were before I got to the new building. I had most of them ironed out by then. Interesting. So then we had some theft. Can't do anything about that. Vandalism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, you, you, you work with your customer to make sure they're happy that your insurance company's provided. That's another thing, people, is – Whatever kind of insurance you can afford, get it. Mm. Um, And don't do business without some kind. Now, in my business, we had two kinds available, direct primary and legal liability. Legal liability, you have to be proven legally liable, then your insurance would pay. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that's a terrible way to do business. That puts your customer in a pickle Mm. because if they've got insurance— it's gonna go first and yours is gonna be second mm-hmm. and the customer's gonna have a deductible and all this kind of, so I always kept direct primary. If we had any kind of insurance claim, bam, my went mine went to work for you. Yeah. Um, and then so vandalism was the first one and we made sure everybody got taken care of that. Um I had a small fire, an automotive fire. Mm-hmm. Um And had time to put it outside. Uh, We had it inside the shop and had enough enough time. We couldn't get it to go out, but we were able to push the car out in the middle of the parking lot. Again, things that save a lot of money, that saved a lot of money. Save the building from burning down, save other cars from burning down. Um, But your insurance goes to work, pays the bill. um, And so those were two of the biggest challenges. And on moving day, on moving day, this is crazy, I sent a guy – Nine-tenths of a mile, remember. Yeah. Okay? Go up there and get the blankety-blank car, not the green one, because the carburetor's sitting on the floor, but bring me down so we're moving cars. Mm -hmm. Well, he gets in the green one. Carburetor's on the floor. He cranks it up. Gasoline somehow shoots in the manifold. Car goes wide open, turns it off, backfires, catch on fire. (laughs) All the fire extinguisher removed. Oh, God. Already. And so... I'm sitting down here at the new shop thinking, where is this car? And you didn't have cell phones The fire trucks start going that
0: way. You don't have cell phones. No, we ain't got a cell phone. No.
1: <laughs> call Hey, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so fire trucks start going that way. So your brother-in-law, Billy, yeah. your Uncle Billy. Uncle. Your Uncle Billy. I said, Uncle Billy, ride up there and see what the heck Guy's doing. That was his name, Guy. <laughs> okay? Well, Guy's standing next to a burning car with his hand in his head. Because he cranked up the wrong car. Did you fire him? Uh, um, Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, that was a challenge. Again, the insurance company has to go to work for you. Um, The trick is to keep good
0: insurance, really.
1: Because you're going to have events. We probably didn't have 10 events in 35 years, but you're going to have events.
0: Can we get to the big one that
1: happened? What's that one?
0: Where the gentleman fell?
1: Oh, yeah. Is that okay? It's okay. Later. this is the
0: one that... You handled as good as possible, but it's the worst tragedy of all it's time. It's terrible. Um, I had a young apprentice. It's about seven, eight years ago now, or um, ten? Seven, seven years yeah, ago, seven. maybe.
1: I had a young apprentice, came to me out of auto mechanics class at the local school with his parents' blessings, worked his way past graduation, went to – got a job at Michelin as a maintenance engineer. Mm-hmm. And worked for me part-time. He was an air-cool Volkswagen fan, a Volkswagen fan. Mm-hmm. Beetles. Like, like you. Like me. And um, so, anyway, he was not yet an employee. He was just a really good friend. Um, we would give him odd jobs. He was like an intern. We 1099 him. Yeah. So, he would do a job and get paid, and mm-hmm. that would be that. And then, um, one day, we had a shop work day. Um, we were going to put all new lights in the shop all new lights in the sign, Mm. cleaned the gutters, and we rented one of those man lifts. Mm. And it was supervised by, you know, our friend Don. Yeah. Okay. Well, Don was a handyman we used all the time, and he's a very nice guy. Well, Andy and Don did all the lighting and did the sign lights, and they were in the process of cleaning the gutters. And I still don't know to this day exactly what happened, but Andy got out of the bucket and got on the roof and had walked. I heard him walk across one time and come back and speak to Don about yes, the gutters on the other side are thirty. Then the next thing I knew, he's falling through a skylight, and he and was passed, killed. And he passed. He killed
0: him. Yeah. Um, well, the story is that Don they were supposed to stay on the sky lift through the right side, and for some reason Andy, Andy got out of to get it, get
1: off on of, it. And you know, I reckon it was his youth. Yeah. Um, but I still don't know whether he had a medical something happen up there or a trip or and fall. Yeah. But it was very bad. It came down, and of course I go running to him.
0: Um, just super traumatic experience. It was very obviously. traumatic.
1: A lot of lot of a um, lot of feelings. You know, I'm praying over him. I'm trying to get. I I've, I've got his pulse in my hand um, mm. on his leg, mm. and unfortunately, I feel that go away, and just it's just a bad situation. So, so,
0: I only bring that up to ask. It's like literally the worst case scenario. Right. How did you mentally, because I I don't think I asked you this at the time really, because I was only 22 and first Mm -hmm. job and everything. Mm -hmm. How did you get through that? Because all the guys that are working for you see this happen. Almost everybody
1: still works there.
0: like So you have to go back to business as usual
1: Well, I go to—and first of all, I prayed about it a lot, and um, I knew I had prayed over him, but I prayed over him for God to take him, Mm -hmm. if that was his will, Mm -hmm. that don't leave him incapacitated. Mm -hmm. And so that—and then I had a couple of days. It was Thanksgiving weekend. It was like Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And so I had a couple of days to just kind of gather around family and— Gauge the response, engaged the parents' response. And I'm going to be honest with you now. His parents were golden, were fair to us, and um, tried to be a support system for us because they knew we were very close to him. Of course, same thing with them. We're trying to be their support system. Um, he left a girlfriend behind that was very yeah. much involved. Also, she was going to be a mechanic. Actually,
0: she's an engineer, a computer
1: engineer now.
0: So, so what, I mean, I'm just saying, like, as a business owner, how did you go back to business as, as usual when a tra- – because this was a tragedy. This was an accident. This was nothing that you could have done. Yeah,
1: I could not have personally stopped this. You couldn't stop it. Except from saying nobody goes on the roof, so, right. which I
0: did from then on. Right, which, I mean, you – yeah. But, I mean – But from, I mean, you got somebody working that knows what they're doing. Right, It's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so how did you overcome that? Was it just, just – your I just family, told the friends—like, was it a group effort? I mean, because you really responded to that better yeah, I, than I, I think told a lot the employees, of people would. I told
1: the employees that you know Andy was gone, and we were sorry about that, mm-hmm. and that um, that they would never be put in that position. In other words, guys, he got up there of his own accord and wanted I'm about to help. you personally. How did you personally? How did I personally? How did you personally? I'm not personally over it. But still bothers you. It every, every, bothers every day, me. I wish or? I had him. No, I, don't. I wish he was still here. Yeah, of course. Because the older I get, the more I could really use a good air cooled Volkswagen mechanic, and he was a good one. Yeah. Um, I also miss the fact that he and his girlfriend they had plans for everything: wedding, children, school together, everything. The uh, your mother would always tell me, you know, honey, there's nothing you could have done. Yeah, that, right. And I would be like, well, oh, I wish I'd have been up there myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, I just wasn't. And so I have to believe that there was a, you know, God says he knows when your day is. And I believe that to be the case. Right. So eventually that was the way I coped I guessing, with it. it took yeah. a while. Yeah. Um. I just appreciate it took a while. that. I've, I've always been... I'm proud of his accomplishments. We still mention him in our little Volkswagen group. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a good
0: kid. He was really good. So I, now I just asked that because there's probably dozens of people listening to this, Dad. And I'm not sure how much you've even listened to the show before. I know you have, but that I, there was a guy this morning in a group I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, and he literally said, "Hey guys, it's been fun. I had to close my business today because of gas prices." And he has four kids. He's married. And so he was pretty upset about that. And so there's a lot of people listening right now. There's a lot of people listening to the show that are going through something extremely trying. I mean, this is the – we're about to hit a recession. There is no question we're going to hit a recession. I don't
1: think there's any question
0: about that. With inflation plus recession, I don't think it will be an 08 recession. I believe it will be a – where it hit a dip to hopefully take a slow roll back, right? But it's going to be a challenging twelve to twenty-four months. Mm. It's funny too. How do we, you so know, the so car business, yeah,
1: the repair
0: business mm-hmm.
1: is better in a recession,
0: right? Because people want to fix what's broken instead of buying new. What's stuff. Broken,
1: they can't afford new, right? Um, and they understand all of a sudden your mechanic becomes a more valuable asset. It makes sense. Okay, and so in a recession. That's what happens. And then in good times, it's very easy to switch hard repair work to simple service. That's mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so if you've got somebody who's having to close because of gas prices, let's just say all of your revenue comes from delivery. Mm-hmm. Okay? I can see that. Mm-hmm. All right? I mean, we're experiencing something in a multiple like 2.5. In
0: tow trucks, right?
1: Tow trucks. So they're adding fuel surcharges. Um,
0: we just added one.
1: I would suggest that. Yeah. I, I, I thought I don't think it's time. There's there's also other inflation. Okay, but it, under certain circumstances, I just don't go for a price increase the moment I see inflation. But when gasoline on a company that's heavy gasoline dependent like yours, that
0: trifecta. Okay. Yeah.
1: A surcharge is easy to put on and take off.
0: Right. That's what. Yes. And I right. and
1: I like it because it shows the customer where you're increasing
0: your cost. Right. Um, Instead of like a flat rate increase. Right. Exactly.
1: In yeah. other words, we're going to have a rate increase of 3%. That's good advice. Okay. Well, no, maybe they don't understand that. Maybe they think you just want 3 more percent. hmm Okay? But if it's down there's a fuel surcharge on the bottom, they understand. Well, you know me too. I mean, I went to the gas pump, it was 100 bucks, And so they can understand that. That's a,
0: that's a great point.
1: And so – I hope everybody
0: heard that. That is such good business we advice. We used to
1: have – we used to have many vendors that did
0: that cuz we've been through a spike like this before it was a shorter spike i was going to ask you about that i mean you've been like mm-hmm. you, we have two i have two more things to talk about one was this the cyclicalness of mm-hmm. you've been through the 80s the 90s the the early 2000s and then the you know the great technology increase mm-hmm. what has it been like to learn through four decades of business
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like the ebbs and flows of what it takes to be successful. Like, what was your keys to success? Like, that's what I was gonna ask. I'm gonna ask always about them. fix the car. No, don't not, not about car. About <laughs> business. About business. So believe it or not, in general,
1: often business takes care of itself if you always fix
0: the car. So, so, so meaning your point to that statement is do, do the right what thing, you do. do. What you yeah, see. If you're, you're
1: do. a landscaper, be good at it. Right. Have a job you can be proud of when you leave. I love that. If you are a vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, your display might need to look nicer than everybody else's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, do what you do well. If you're a pool v- builder, mm-hmm. um probably that comes with a maintenance program. Mm-hmm. Be good at it, mm-hmm. don't be a slouch, and then a lot of business fixes itself. You get a lot of advertising from that, you get a lot of word of mouth. Um, and the business problems don't really rear the head.
0: That's um, not that's good. What was your key success? Do you have like a couple? What, what did you feel like you did great that if other businesses implemented it, they would have a really good result? That's
1: funny. Answering a phone is one of them. <laughs> That's a great answer. Answering <laughs> the phone all the time in two rings. If you heard it ring three times, even a mechanic was supposed to stop and pick up the phone. Wow. Okay? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: That is a great yeah. piece of advice. Answer device. the
1: doggone phone. Man, so good. Um, answering machines are not the way to do business in my opinion. Um, so now some of these new high tech ones that simply redirect you to where you want to go, maybe okay. But we had four lines and three people answer them, and by God, it needed to be answered. I love it. And
0: uh, so let me give you the fancy reason why that's important. That's called like you're you're if you don't answer, you're losing customer acquisition. So customer acquisition is like one of the highest things that right. people pay for. Google, indeed, like not Indeed, um, ads, billboards, you're paying for ways to try to gain customers. Right. So when they are calling you to for them to be fish on the hook, right, and you're just like letting the fish off every time, that's a great point because that's where you're, you don't know what The other per- thing
1: is, realize I was in a service business and service businesses need to service the customer. That's so, man,
0: you're on a roll right and now. And so
1: answering the phone is very important. I love that. Um, what, what The other the thing, thing is that stay in your lane thing. So you may know because... You were around, but you may know that by the end of our career, 2020, we were servicing both U.S. cars, German cars, Japanese cars. You didn't get there overnight, so we had to stay in our lane, both tooling and experience-wise, yeah. until that got
0: better. We also in, didn't do like tra- like some things you said. I don't. We don't do right, which even would have been because profitable. I believe that
1: specialty area. Um, Which is smart. I mean, that's- like transmissions. You you mentioned transmissions. Mm-hmm. Um, transmissions to me is a, is a especially mechanical area and art, all of itself.
0: And you referred it to people. Right? We would
1: refer it. Or the new, the later in life it got, the more that product was available already rebuilt in mm-hmm. a crate somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so technology is filling the backlog in a way. But right now, one of the most challenging things for any service business, welder, automotive, plumber, plumber, electrician, is in my opinion, we missed a complete generation of critical thinkers. Mm. So, So those people have to be critical thinkers. Okay, They have to think and be able to perform a repair after thinking about it critically.
0: You think that happened because of cell computers. phones and computers just like dumbing you down?
1: Every, not dumbing you down. They stole an entire generation of employees to go into the IT business. They were talking. So like when I graduated high school, 79, already a little bit of talk, but the next three to five years was very critical. Um, the PC was introduced and it was the latest, greatest, and a whole generation got taken.
0: Wow! And um, I never thought about the IT, never had IT wave was the reason that there was that gap.
1: Well, you, they got promised a lot because you
0: look at it right now, right? Uh, your age, people, mm-hmm. you're hitting retirement age. Mm-hmm. You're 61 now, right? Yep. Yep. So 62 is when most people retire. 62, 65.
1: 62 to five.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. And we were just talking about this yesterday. I believe Chris and I in the car is. All these people who are, I think we were talking about managers, right, uh, Chris? Um, There's a management um, lapse as well because all the people who've been managers are retiring and there's a big generation of people who don't, critical thinkers are managers, right? Right. So, where are are people
1: who know how to manage people? I mean, I see what you're saying too because, okay, so my generation, if you're my generation and now beginning to age out, right? Okay. Not only. Were you a manager? One of the reasons you probably were a manager, you saw the whole thing happen. You saw the advent of the PC, the implementation of the PC, mm-hmm. the proliferation of the PC, and what we have now is all of our married together. Okay? And so you have that, and that's game-changing. I'm just thinking about your and friend. And so like an IT person that breaks yeah. in today,
0: never saw Windows 93. Right. I'm thinking about your friend down at uh, Express uh, Oil Change. Uh-huh. Mr. Uh, Billy. Yes. Okay. He's a good example. What was his first career? He told us he was a glass business, right? Before he met his wife, but but he recently went over there and he's now the manager at yeah, he, Express. He, but I'm just saying, like, there's not those guys like yeah. l- laying around. Right. He's done a really good job transforming he's done a that very business because we get all our oil changes done mm-hmm. at Express, and he takes super good care of us. Mm-hmm. Like, we get we get six or seven trucks oil changes done in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. He is he's amazing. They
1: have a good customer system. service is great, systems yeah. great.
0: But what I'm saying is is he was telling me that um it wasn't his career. Like he he's like he just moved to this lately or whatever.
1: Well he owned a service day. Oh he did? Yeah, he owned Firesgate BP and then BP said no longer.
0: So oh he transitioned not industries but he
1: stayed Shit. in the same industry, automotive yeah. industry, right? But he's transitioned from a owner of a service station to an operator, to an operator and a manager of a tire store originally, and now this
0: full service. It's just an impressive guy. Just mm-hmm. you know, he's not been there very long, but there's a not a lot guy. of guys like that. So that's yeah, stay in your lane. That's great. So let me stay ask in some, your
1: lane. Let me tell you uh, one more thing about staying. Yeah, stay tell in your us lane one more time. Is equipment mm-hmm. okay? You have to budget equipment when it's as okay. when it's as heavy as. Is that business is when it when a automotive business is heavy on equipment, okay? All the things that lift the cars, all the things put on tires, all the things that balance the tires, line machine, um, diagnostic
0: equipment. When you say budget equipment, you mean like, um, like scope out what you're gonna need and, and be right, very, in other words, very strategic about the what you need. A
1: lot of equipment manufacturers sell thing in groups, okay? Mm-hmm. So to be great at Japanese cars doesn't require the same electronic equipment. To be great at German cars. Okay. Okay? So you can't just go buy too You got a plan. Now, I'm going to work on way more of these Japanese cars. I'm going to buy the Japanese one. And then when you finally get it amortized amortized, and you've paid for it and it's still working for you, you look to see if you can't figure- buy a German one. Makes sense.
0: But Always be thinking that's forward the Stay thinking, in your lane part. Forward thinking. In other
1: words, don't just go, I can fix your Mercedes, have no clue what you're doing. That mm. is not gonna work.
0: You had to have thought out your what you're gonna say yes to.
1: Yes. Makes exactly right.
0: It makes sense. Yeah. Let me ask you the last question, Deb. This has been an amazing <laughs> conversation. Um employees. Easily the hardest thing right now, besides inflation. Employees, we know that COVID created a work labor force shortage and no one knows where they are and they went you know apparently to mars is what everyone thinks right (laughs) i mean but but you had uh pretty much the same staff the last 15 or 20 years basically i'm just gonna say around 15 15 yeah and none of them have left since you sold the company that's right which is insane i think you had a staff i think that means you
1: had a good work environment
0: right so that's what i'm gonna ask is like What do you feel like? I know there's some things you wish you had done. So let's say if you can give me one or two things that you did great with employees, or not great, but you felt confident, and one or two that you had done better.
1: Okay. My biggest thing was to respect the employee. Okay? So a lot of people don't respect your employees. They Mm. may like you, but not necessarily respect you. So I respected them. Mm. So I respected the fact that it's 104 degrees out in the workshop. One of the things I decided to do was air condition my workshop. Mm. Okay? I respected the fact that we all get older. Mm. So I put in a 401k type profit sharing plan where we match money. I love that. Okay? Um I put in paid holidays. I put in paid vacations. When I first opened the automotive business, almost nobody had that. Right. Um you're you're Back in those days, it was typical to get paid per job. That five-hour job, you got paid five hours. You're
0: talking about your employee would get the paid the employee
1: would pay that, yeah,
0: okay. like commission basically,
1: almost like a commission. They call it flat rate, yes, sir. But um, almost like commission. Um, but later in life, I realized that did some detrimental things. One is you could always get the go-getter employee who would go get for six months, and man, he He'd smack them in the face. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. And then you leave. Well, what's the point in that? You can't build on that, okay? Mm-hmm. And so- Love that. Look for employees that were even not, not
0: top producers, but steady. Mm. Almost like the Taurus and Hare story. I mean, people say that, right? They say, I don't know if you you know this that, but it, it's uh, more expensive- to lose people and retrain them than to keep people. I don't know if that makes sense. Like Uh, To have to keep cycling through people, it's more expensive. And then, by the way, we're
1: getting short on mechanics in the world. So um, what I I would do would be just respect them, give them a good work environment. I I began to pay them hourly by the hour. In other words, you show up at 8 and you work till 5. You
0: got paid from 8 to 5. I'll say another thing is your hours were pretty good. Most mechanics, usually would work really late trying to fix a car finish because they were turning hours, quote, unquote. Like, it felt like your guys came in at a decent time. Well, that's time another problem
1: deliver- that that structure of pay, that commission structure or flat rate structure it creates is – there's no guarantee, unless the car gets fixed, that the mechanic's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. I took all that out. I took that on my own shoulders and gave an hourly rate. Yeah. And it, we would review this every year with a mechanic and say, you know, last year you did very well. Your production – because we did keep up with production. Yeah, you,
0: how many hours they turned.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then so – and the way we're going to reward you is we're going to give you this much more money per hour. But it was like paying it forward because I paid them, and then I realized I was getting good work at it. Mm. And um, last thing was equipment. Um, yeah, good equipment. Have to have good equipment. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that again, I was telling you before we started the show, that is one of the biggest mental things that
0: changed.
1: So a mechanic in nineteen seventy-five.
0: Gosh, nineteen seventy-five is so I just laugh at that because is fifty years ago. My mm-hmm. like, gosh, that's so crazy. A mechanic in nineteen seventy five could go buy his toolkit. Yeah. And if he didn't
1: lose anything, they were all warranted for life. Yeah. Doesn't matter what brand you buy. He could go buy his toolkit and he felt like he had something for the rest of his life. Mm. And then along about nineteen ninety, Maybe as soon as eighty seven, eighty-eight, we had to have electronic testing, computers, mm-hmm. handheld units. They were good about three years. And then they were obsolete. <laughs> so much for life. <laughs> they were obsolete. So now the shop owner's looking at spending this Gosh. large sum of money and you wow. know, and he, he's gotta change the way he thinks. That's not gonna produce all its life. Right. It's gonna produce about three years. Mm-hmm. And then the next one's likely to cost twice that much. And that's just a pattern we fell into.
0: I'm going through that same thing with trailers. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you buy it, know it's going to be have to replace X amount of time. And I've got a couple right now that are beat up that I haven't really thought about. Mm-hmm. So, all right, last part, Dad. We we're right. We're getting, we just could talk for hours. I know. What was the thing you wish you had done differently for the employees? For, for the, anyone listening, this is, you know, you, you manage people for 40 years. What what was the thing that th- they can learn from your not mis- uh, mistake is the word but things well, that you wish you had done differently as a owner and manager of of people for forty years?
1: Well, realize that your mother also worked there with me, and she was very good at what she did. Yeah, um, which is the ability to write a service ticket, estimate a job, sell it. She mm-hmm. was good at all of it, mm-hmm. and then go in the office and do the bookwork. Mm-hmm. And so, I wish that I had been insistent that she back out just a little bit more, mm-hmm. and we put a person in place to take something off her shoulders, mm.
0: and not like a general manager or something. Maybe
1: like a GM, yeah, right? Because you didn't have that. We didn't, and you were we a didn't, and we did that together. Business. We worked that as a team, yeah. me and her. And um, now we had a manager. We called him a manager, um, and he could run it one week or two weeks, so we could go on vacation but as far as a general manager somebody who talked to your insurance company somebody who worked with your bank somebody i mean the all the we didn't yeah. have that we did right. that ourselves
0: and that was and that's i and think that's, that's a huge pain point for every business that gets goes from small business to like act, medium mediums, medium is yeah. you're running it still as like a mom and pop when you're really an enterprise at right. that point right and it's um, a,
1: it's where you need to raise a manager hire yeah. a manager yeah and um but you've already mentioned this um managers aging out they they're aging <laughs> out they're not out there they're I mean. aging out and so i was lucky enough to get the one i had when he was a young 23 24 25 year old he's still there today he's 53 years old mm-hmm. and um he knows the ins and outs now we, he doesn't he's not involved with the, the business, business size side size, yeah. but he can absolutely run the day to day.
0: I think you're right though. Like when I think of a good general manager, if the owner wasn't involved, literally didn't answer a call for a month, it could it could still be fine. Yeah, and
1: that's tough. To find. Like a month, and that, that is I mean, tough I just, too. Fine. It is.
0: It's really tough. Uh, you know, yeah, it's really tough. I, I the inter, the people I talk to, the listeners on this show, um, whether it's plumbers, HVAC. Um, I just had a car detailing guy start doing our fleet yesterday in my landscape business. He was telling me he's got a great, robust business. He's like, man, I, I don't know how to expand. I can't find like a foreman. I can't find a crew leader. Um, he said he's booked out six days a week for for weeks. Um, it's just hard to find right now. So. Well, in my retirement, I'm helping a body shop, mm-hmm.
1: kind of being their mechanic. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't think a body shop needs a mechanic very much, but today, the lines cross each other between mechanic and body so much, yeah. um, and they're having the same problem. The body shop business cannot find senior body men. Mm-hmm. They can bring a greenhorn in, but a greenhorn gets to put together and to take apart a lot of cars, yeah. and then when he fix that, figures that out, he'll do something else. Right, But finding an experienced Man, woman, anything where they can be put on a car, given the parts, and walked away from is very difficult. It's
0: hard. That's, mm-hmm. that's great insight. Well, Dad, this was awesome. We just talked for a long time. Thank you so much you're for welcome. giving your wisdom of of business. and I had one more thing. Please do. Give us your final thought.
1: Final thoughts are when you're starting up, and I'm hoping that people are listening that are starting up. Get a good accountant. Get a good accountant. My, I had a somebody come to me in month number two, and go, "What you gonna do for accounting?" I don't know. I'll figure it out. Well, I think you ought to talk to this guy. And they put me on this guy, and this oh, guy care, and I were about the same age. Yeah. And he was more than just an accountant. He was an educating accountant. Mm. He taught me how to um, plan equipment acquisitions, mm-hmm. how I could afford them, mm-hmm. when to depreciate something or when to pay for it out of cash flow. We were with that guy for 15 years. Wow. And a uh, good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we ever left him was that period of learning was about over, and right. we were down to straight accounting. Right. And he had an employee leave that was my account manager. Yeah, well, I swear we went. Well, I'm gonna so, plug.
0: I'm gonna plug. I couldn't agree more. We uh, we use Cycle CPA mm-hmm. um, for all of our stuff at Trifecta. They they do a ton of stuff for landscaping and green industry companies. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a report the other day. It was the most amazing, detailed report. I'm so serious. It was like me and Gabby, my uh, our business uh, administrator, were like, "What is going on?" So. I think a lot of people don't know what's going on with their books. I think it's That's span- a must. It's braille to them when they're mm-hmm. like, "I have no idea what this means." I'll pay it, and I, I I couldn't agree more. You need to know where your numbers are in your business to know if your business is doing what. And it's And your accountant also
1: mean. needs to. There's some things they need to. They know things you don't need to know. Yeah. Tax holes. Yeah. Um, the depreciation versus the cash flow mm-hmm. stuff like that. They know that. Right. And as long as you listen to them, and most of them don't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. They'll explain the opportunities you have. Yeah, You take advantage of them. Great.
0: Well, thanks, Dad. You're for are your thoughts today. Thank you guys for listening and watching the Down in Business podcast. Uh, ben Kirby here. Alex Kirby here. We'll see you guys next time. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, wherever you're at, social media, YouTube. We want you to engage with us. Leave some comments below of any questions you have for Ben. I'll make sure he gets back to you. And uh, we thank you. We'll see you next time.